0: Part of blindsidepods.com
1: keeping a watchful eye on the media the podcast too real for radio you're listening to trash talk with blind Mike and MHB I'm Mike Geary and I'm a certified G <laughs> I guess no, that's
2: MHB and I am a certified gi guess
1: that's how I, I wish I had known that that's how Jared started section 10 before I did this podcast.
2: Yeah, clearly you need to do some. That would have
1: been <laughs> much different questions. Well, I didn't oh think I boy. needed to listen to section. I didn't think I needed to bore myself for an hour. It, or, oh yeah. uh...
2: <laughs> Apparently, we also need to make the switch to Google Hangouts because, according to Carabas, uh, even though he was very adamant about me calling him Carabas, which I think that's that's an Italian restaurant, Jared. Yeah. So uh, that's not something that I'm going to call you. That's that's actually cultural appropriation, my man. Um, we uh, this was an interesting one. Interesting. We asked all we asked all the questions that people wanted we us. We did to. everything you wanted us to, folks. So here's the deal. The reality is is that Carabas is is like just like a, a nice normal guy that yeah. has apparently no, no hobbies. No, nothing no, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. He's just
1: a nice boring guy. A nice fucking boring baseball fan. I mean he's a guy
2: in his twenties, twenties, thirties? Yeah, he's a couple That's... years older than me, so he might be thirty. He's a, he's a 30-year-old guy that yeah. spends his time watching baseball. How interesting do you think he's going to be? Right. I mean,
1: let's get real. So here's the deal. we uh, um, Jared is one of the guys I'm still like in contact with from when I was involved. He's a nice guy. He's always been very good to me. I reached out to him uh, to be on the podcast, and there were a couple things we could have talked about, I guess. And then all this Barstool shit happened with Kirk and uh, Towelgate and everything. So it kind of lined up perfectly that Jared was a possibly a good guest to have on. Um And then when we tweeted that he was coming on, Twitter freaked out. (laughs) Dude, It was like we were having Milo
2: Yiannopoulos on the fucking podcast. It legitimately was. It loses their shit. Everybody. Which
1: which my thought was to everyone saying, how can you even have Jared Karabas on? He's a Red Sox rump swap. I was like, well, did you listen to me defend fucking Milo Yiannopoulos last week? So how much of a hypocrite would I be if I tried to deplatform Jared Karabas? So obviously we're going to have him on. But my point was, have some fucking faith in us. (laughs) Between me and MHB, we've shown we have some amount of balls. I went on and ripped a company that I was still podcasting for while I was working there. And I had Rich Keefe on and shut him down. MHB's gone up against guys like Ziegler
2: and uh, And, and Kirk. Had Kirk on our podcast. Kirk on. Well, we yeah. were very tough And I think that. I not, actually not a, not a great I, was, I was good. You weren't very good. I was, I was good. terrible. <laughs> you were very bad. <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, I take that back. I wasn't you as bad did, with Kirk. I was terrible did, you, with Wiggy. Oh, shut No, this is what you did. You did the, um... Oh, hey, Kirk. Uh, I'm, I'm going to lower my voice well, he when threw I ask me you a question. He threw me because off because I, I
1: asked people. one question. And I go, hey, Kirk. Uh, and he goes, it's like, it's like you don't have to my, say my name every time. I'm like, well, I'm... It's the first thing I'm asking you. What do you want me to do? But, uh... Yeah, so we so, had Karabas on, and I was kind of like, hey, if he wants to fight, we'll fucking fight with him. So we bring up all the Red Sox shit. We bring up Sam Kennedy. We bring up the Globe, all that stuff. We dude, did I everything him, you people asked wanted. asked
2: what David Price's
1: jock smells like. Yeah. like <laughs> you know? We did everything, and what you're about to listen to was the result of that. I can't <laughs> promise it's going to be the most entertaining thing you've ever heard.
2: No, it, is. it is, it is. I think especially, like, ironically enough, He's better not talking about, like, baseball. Yeah. Like, the, like, when really we get is. into, like, the other shit, it was fun. Like, we had a great time at the second half. Of it. Once we got the obligatory, you know, uh, Red Sox ownership sucks. Sam Kennedy's a piece of shit, yeah. asshole, motherfucker. Like, after we got that shit out of the way, he was great. He was fun. And
1: we did get him to admit something about the Red Sox.
2: 'll say it. some negative things he did, again. We but got he, him. He's of yeah. he's of the mind that he separates the Red Sox players and the ownership. Which again, like we get that. Like like <laughs> when I call the Red Sox pandering vomits, when Kirk called them, you know, gutless pukes. He, I don't think that maybe. Well, David Price is a puke. Let's just be clear about that. Um, but I don't think that uh, Kirk is uh, attacking the players individually. I don't think he gives a shit about them. He's talking about the management, the ownership group, about how shitty they are. Yeah. And you know, for whatever reason, that was that was something that you know. We asked 15 different ways, and he actually did give a, he did give a little bit of leeway.
1: And he gave some leeway. He gave legitimate answers. People are going to get honest for not screaming about him, uh, about the Red Sox, but he kind of said, well, you'll see in a few minutes. <laughs> but I don't want to spoil the entire episode, but you'll it's see. Good. Tell us what it's you fun. think about it. I'm sure you think we're pussies or whatever, okay. but we tried to get something out of him about the Red Sox. And then I think, uh, like you said, MHP, the stuff outside of the Red Sox is very entertaining. I think some of his answers oh, to uh, how much two
2: were very good. It was great, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was funny. Uh, he was and funny. I like Jared a lot. And also the thing people have to understand is as much as they want us to hammer the guy. I don't know if he's going to an Abe Lincoln cosplay event, though. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that one out with, with the with facial the beard? situation. Yeah. Yeah, with the beard situation he's got going on there. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we, did, we got everything from the Adam Jones thing to racism in Boston, everything. Yeah. So, again, we asked all the questions, so it's all here. What more uh, do you want from us? Um, Dude, yeah, so hey, if you didn't fun. like,
1: if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. If you like it, terrific. I'm sure you'll tell us either way on Twitter tomorrow, at blindmike underscore at M-H-B. I didn't underscore. plug the show at the end, so I will say subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and help us out, all that stuff.
2: Um, Give and some now— fucking review, please. Can you, uh, God, like, I'm tired of the Minifan Show reviews of the week. I need, I need some trash talk reviews of the get week. Get those numbers up. What, what,
1: 125? Come on. Pass yes. these fuckers on the Minifan Show. Let's get over 200. For Christ's sake, uh, here is Jared Carabas. All right, everybody. Our guest today, big time, the Saugus Rocket. You may <laughs> know him from the Starting Nine podcast, uh, CCK on Barstool Radio, and a million other things the guy does for Barstool Sports. It's David Price's cock holster and yes. my pal, Jared Carabas. What's going on, man? How
0: Bart? are you, sir? It's, it's been a long time. It's
1: been a while. Uh, yeah. Have you missed me?
0: Uh, I didn't realize that you're a Yankee fan now.
1: I am a Yankees fan now. Are you all right with that? Can we be civil to each other?
0: I mean, Yankees fans are some of the nicest people in the world to me. So if you continue that trend, then I'm happy.
1: We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Yeah. Um, but uh, th- there's, there's a reason I'm a Yankee fan, and we'll we'll get into that as the podcast goes on. Yes. Uh, but first, I wa- you were my first ever podcast guest, Jared.
0: But I remember that. And, um, and,
1: and we covered some stuff. But back then... You know, you were small time. You were just a Red Sox guy. Now you're the head baseball guy for Barstool Sports. You travel all around the country. You do a podcast with Dallas Braden. And uh, what I'm wondering is, in all that time, in all your travels and experience now, have you found a bigger asshole than Pete Abraham?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that that's possible, to be honest with you. Uh, That guy's the worst. I haven't had any run-ins with him in quite some time, Um, but... Yeah, I remember that little spat that we had and it's kind of just, it's been status quo ever since because uh, I, I think I was like in the dugout not too long ago and it was pouring out and he chose to like walk outside the dugout and walk down, like in the rain. He chose to like walk outside in the rain and go down the other way just so that he didn't have to walk past me. <laughs> is, well, is he might have true? also
1: been trying to figure out what shoes David Price was wearing so he could buy That's a pair true. for himself.
2: That is true. God damn it, Mike, you Stole my joke. I was about to ask you about the shoes. If that was true, that he actually wears the shoes. I saw Jared. I saw that clip of you today, schooling the Yankees fan yes. uh, on the radio today. That was um, that that was good. Uh, I think is also the moment that I think Kirk realized he made a massive mistake joining Barstool uh, with all that that sporty talk there. Did uh, what's your what's your take on Kirk joining you guys? And are you going to be his soon-to-be co-host? I know you were tweeting about that.
0: Yeah, uh, th- I think there's a zero percent chance I'll ever <laughs> end up as Kirk's co-host. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's a perfect fit. Also, by the way, that's a on CCK. That's a very rare moment that we're talking sports. Like we're talking all kinds of dumb shit on that show, and it's very rarely sports. Um, but yeah, like Kirk coming here, it's just it just it felt like a matter of time. And uh, you know, it was like what two weeks ago he texted me and he said tomorrow is going to be interesting. And I didn't even know what that meant, but I just texted him back and I said, "Uh, make sure that you ask for a desk next to mine. So (laughs) I just kind of got that sense that uh, Barstool was in his future. No one told me anything. I didn't know that he was joining Barstool. I found out with the rest of the public when it went, when Dave tweeted it, that's when I found out for sure. Um, No one was really talking about rumors in the office or anything. It just kind of happened, but I knew that that that's where he would end up, because that's the only place that Kirk can be Kirk. I mean, he could have he could have done a serious show somewhere else. Like Sirius could have could have hired him to do something elsewhere, but in terms of um having a built in audience, I mean Barstool's the perfect fit for him.
1: Does he so he doesn't dislike you if he's texting obviously mean, I think a lot of people see like the shit on Twitter and uh when he was on Barstool radio and said, Oh god, I would never have Karabasan. Uh but you guys like each other and everything, right? Or does he?
0: Yeah, no, we have a great relationship. Um, you know, whatever it is publicly, we we rip each other publicly. But yeah. no, Kirk is uh, Kirk's a good dude. He was he's been on Section Ten twice, I think, maybe three times, but definitely right. twice. Um, yeah, it, back in like the early days of Section Ten, when we didn't know how to have guests on via uh, the internet, he actually came to Pete's mom's house and he came Jeez. down in the basement. He Did was he one really? of the guests that we had. yeah. It was like we had we had a bunch of like pretty big name guests, at least in terms of like local media that we had in Pete's mom's basement. And he was one of them. Um, So, yeah, Kirk and I Kirk and I have a great private relationship, publicly, not so much,
2: publicly, not so much. Yeah. (laughs) Do you you get a lot of shit because of that? Because
1: he uh, we got a lot of response. You're the the only guest we've had on where people replied. uh, Some of my favorites were uh, Viva La Douche. Uh, I won't listen if that Jared. fucking guy's on. He's a Why Red Sox Homer. You, All this shit. You. Do you get a lot yeah. of shit because of the stuff, uh, the the a the Red Sox Homer stuff, and some of the stuff mm-hmm. that Kirk says and other people say about you?
0: Um, yeah, I don't think it's anything that has to do with what Kirk says, but yeah, yeah I mean, like I I definitely play a character uh, for content purposes because I'm a pretty boring guy uh, <laughs> normally. I'm picking um, up on that. Could have so fooled me. You have to like bring up uh you know you have to you have to bring something to the table and you know it's you know when you're on camera you're an extension of your personality and uh my you know i i i I treat barstool kind of like the wwe like you have to have a character and i kind of draw from like old school Shawn michaels where he's like the cocky guy and then i draw from like cm punk where he's just this like in your face cocky asshole and sometimes he loses but he's still gonna be cocky anyway and yeah. he's got an answer for everything. And, and that's kind of like the two guys that I that I draw from and, and try to, you know, create my own little thing on the camera. Hence the certified G and all, all that good shit. Yeah, right? that's that's, that. that's that's a tag team that used to be in the WWE. That That's their exact shtick, like their entrance. Like I took that from them. And now it's cool because like I've become friends with them and we've done videos where like I'm doing like the Section 10 intro and they're like they walk in the studio and they're like, dude, no, like stop uh so yeah like it's it's a lot of that um yeah, the people that are like, fuck Jared, he's an asshole, he's a douchebag. It's like you're commenting on a fictional character. Like you have <laughs> no idea what I'm like in real life. Like what so you're
2: like- admitting that radio is ninety seven percent fake It sounds like what you're saying.
0: No, it's not radio. I mean it's it's mostly like video stuff. Like when we're doing video stuff, um, and like this we we have like the Barstool Snapchat channel is probably like, the most viewed thing that we do. Mm-hmm. And I just go on there and just like talk a bunch of shit and try to sound like an asshole and like that's that's Barstool for you
2: so, so Yankees fans are primarily pussies When they meet you in real
0: life correct 1000% I don't want to <laughs> say that they're pussies It's just that when they meet me They get it the ones that actually come up to me They get it they're like alright like this guy is Like uh, when you know When I first sort of started doing stuff In Boston like on TV and everything And radio like Dan Shaughnessy was One of the guys that just couldn't figure it out He was like what is this guy like you're supposed to be a journalist And this and that. I was like no 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 Like we, like you're a journalist and we're more in the entertainment business. Like we we're competing for the same eyeballs. We're competing for the same audience. Like you want the Red Sox audience. I want the Red Sox audience, but I'm doing it in a completely different way than you are. Um, And I get to work outside the lines that you do. So uh, I think that that rubbed them the wrong way originally. Uh, But now I think they mostly get it uh, that it is just, it's for entertainment. And if you get it great. And if you don't, that's also great because you know, it's like the wrestling example you go through the curtain, and you're trying to get booed. Like, I don't want to go to Yankee Stadium and have people be like, you know what, you're a good guy. Like, I want them to be like, boo me. Like, that's, like I'm yeah. trying to get that reaction from you. You get cheered in Boston. You get booed in New York. Like, that's what it's all about. Well, that's it kind of a my- barstool
1: model, too, though, with, uh, like, you see the uh, towelgate stuff that came up last week. And I feel like there's a story like that about barstool every three or four months where someone goes after them and uh, calls them, you know, sexist and racist, which I don't understand as someone that worked there. Um, do you get involved in that shit on Twitter? Like, do you go after defend them or is that not really part of your, uh, character?
0: No, I, I tweeted something last night. I uh, cause there was one, uh, there was like a Bruins writer that tweeted like five screenshots of like mean tweets that she got after she wrote about like the towel or whatever. Right. And she's an like, intern
2: at the Herald actually, I believe is a Boston, at Her- uh, the Boston Herald.
0: Got it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean like I, I understand that, you know, if you come after Barstool, you're going to get a lot of shit in your in your mentions and like I don't condone that. Like I don't think that you should I I believe in ball busting, like you can talk your shit and have fun with it, but when you're like actually attacking someone like that, like I, that's that's when it kind of goes over the line. So last night, you know, like whenever I go to Yankee Stadium or whenever the Red Sox play the Yankees, I get death threats pretty much like one every 15 minutes. <laughs> Um, So I just tweeted something to the effect of, you know, all these people that get like if they write about Barstool and they get attacked and then they hold up these mentions on Twitter as some sort of a reflection of the company should try to just take one look at my mentions during a Red Sox Yankees game. And this is just it's an Internet thing. It's not a Barstool thing. It's a people think that they're tough when they're when they're online and they like to say whatever they want to say and they think that there's no consequences for it. And to hold it up as you know a reflection of Barstool, is, it's bullshit, and it fits a false narrative. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was just like, you know, I, I'm not defending the people that do defend Barstool in a way where they attack people. Um, but um, but the point is that happens to everybody everywhere if you have a big enough platform on the internet.
2: So it wasn't a mass conspiracy hi- hiring Erica as CEO. That wasn't just she's not a token CEO, is what you're saying.
0: <laughs> Erica, like, so the thing about Erica is that you know in the office she's she's the office mom she's the office therapist uh but i actually i had the chance to sit in a meeting with her last week or the week before and it was like a you know a business meeting with uh someone that i knew from you know uh from you know baseball we crossed paths there and just hearing her talk like she's fucking brilliant and there's a reason why um, barstool has been so successful or even more successful under her watch it's because she knows what she's doing she has a vision she executes and she doesn't take any bullshit you know she's going to get what she wants uh she's not going to do it at the expense of the company um so yeah i mean there's a reason why she beat out everyone that she did to get the position that she has is because she was the best candidate and it, I mean, the proof is, is in the numbers, it's in the revenue, it's in the success, it's in the size of the fucking office that we have now, you know, we'd still be in Milton without Erica.
1: How, so, when I, so when I was there, I, w- I worked in Milton and the only girl in the office at the time was intern Dana. Now yep. you guys are just so much bigger in general. So obviously there's a lot more women working for you guys. How, I mean, I have my guesses as to how women are treated. I'm assuming it's fine. But yeah. from your perspective, how are women treated in the office?
0: I mean, they're treated just like everyone else. You know, it's like you get uh, you you have the barstool is kind of just like when you get high and you know this, you get hired and they just say go. There's no real direction for anybody. So you get back what you put in and women have the same opportunity as the men and the caller daddy girls. You know, they get hired with virtually no prior experience whatsoever in podcasting. And now they have like one of the most popular podcasts in the world, not just in the Barstool Network. Yeah. And there are two women just going out, talking about whatever comes to their mind with no filter. And people gravitate towards actually like, this is real. You know, this is like stuff that I can relate to. And someone like Casey Smith, who comes from traditional uh, television, she comes into the Barstool world. She's got like the college football show that she does, which was fantastic. It was, you know, that was one of the the most profitable things that Barstool did last year. And Casey was one of the faces of that. Uh, uh, somebody like Kate, who's doing like zero blog 30 that, that, you know, they, they kind of hit a vertical that Barstool would never touch otherwise. So, and, and then the chicks in the office, like Ria and Fran, they're, they're on the red carpets and everything. So it's like anyone that's saying, uh, you know, Barstool is, is misogynistic and they, they hate women. It's like, take a look at the women in our company and compare them to any women at other companies like well they're all token
1: given... that's what everyone says is that that that, that, that yeah, doesn't count yeah. for some reason is that they're well they just it's hired because... them because they're women so they don't count
2: and it's like the thing with the call her daddy girls it's like oh is it because that they don't like talk about you know like social issues or they don't they're not like woke enough like, that's my question like because they're talking about something that the majority of people are interested in and they're immensely popular because of it somehow that's like looked at as a as a, as a you know a mark against them which i i completely don't understand
0: Yeah, no, it's people are just gonna bend um, whatever narrative that they want to fit their argument. And it's just for me, it's a tired act. And like I don't like you you guys ask, you know, do you get involved? I don't get involved all the time, because I feel like it just gets repetitive. And I'm just kind of saying the same things over and over again. And it gets exhausting, because you're not going to convince anyone like people have made up their minds. If you hate barstool. There's no one out there right now who hates Barstool that's going to be like, you know what? These guys aren't so bad. So I, I, I don't really waste my time uh, trying to convince those people. But it does get to a point where, you know, people I've had people message me recently over like the towel thing, being like, wow, I didn't realize that Barstool is that bad. Like I listen to Section 10. I listen to Starting Nine. and Like you guys, you guys don't seem like that at all. And I was just like, well, the people that come after Barstool are kind of repeating the same points over and over which is kind of what I'm trying to avoid in a, in a defense mechanism. Um, so people have their stances. And if there's someone that's genuinely on the fence, uh, I'd be happy to talk to those people and give them actual facts versus getting into Twitter spats with people who have already had their minds made up. It's just, it doesn't serve a purpose.
1: One of, the, uh, thing, one, of the, one of the reasons people were worried about us <laughs> having you on is because they thought we wouldn't talk about this, and I, I don't really know why. Uh, And they thought you wouldn't be willing to argue it, which, knowing you, I think you definitely will be. Um, Mm -hmm. So I want to get into this. One of the reasons Kirk left WEI, I don't know how aware you are of this, but uh, it's because of the Red Sox. Are you familiar with that? Sure How do you feel about Sam Kennedy uh, going after a guy for basically just kind of talking shit about a team and saying he hopes they lose? Uh, Going after that guy and trying to get him silenced, trying to get him fired. And how do you justify continuing to root for that team I guess and support that team
0: I mean I'm just a guy that can separate the business end from the the actual sporting event that's going on I mean it's kind of the same thing as when you know Pablo Sandoval like when that thing happened it's like I fucking hate this guy I can root against this guy I can want him off my team Uh, I can hate him personally professionally the whole deal but I still love the Red Sox I mean there's been plenty of instances where um you know without naming any names like I've I've there's been people behind the scenes that have nothing to do with baseball, like the, the actual games being played that I've had run ins with. And it's just, you know, it's not going to like when I, in my head, you know, you can say, uh you know, like, I love the Red Sox. And it's like, well, what are you talking about? Because when when Kirk thinks like the Red Sox, he's thinking of the front office people. When I think mm-hmm. the Red Sox, I think the team. um So, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know anything about. Like what went on behind the scenes with Kirk and the Red Sox? I have no clue.
2: So Sam uh, Kennedy, Sam Kennedy's close friends with David Field is essentially is essentially what the gist of it is. And Kirk called the front office people specifically after the Adam Jones incident. I'm not sure how – I'm sure you're familiar with that. Mm. So Kirk simply questioned that. Like can we see proof? Is, is, is it possible that somebody would have reported that or recorded it? And because of that, they were vilified. There was that Dig Boston story that came out where they basically called Kirk and Jerry racist for – Having any sort of question for the for Adam Jones hearing the N word, right? And because of that, the Red Sox put out a statement. I think they said something like, "None of the opinion, none of the opinions or sent- sentiments expressed on Wei or any of the fifty-seven affiliates throughout New England are those of the Boston Red Sox." And then they said something really crazy. They said, "We understand the frustration of those who feel the opinions expressed are offensive and out of line. At times, we feel the same way." <laughs> so they're basically coming at. Kirk discrediting their partner who they've got mm. a multimillion dollar partnership with right. and coming out with veiled, veiled uh, accusations of racism against Kirk and Jerry for simply asking the question of, well, do we know that this happened? Are we sure? Is there any sort of proof? And because of that, there was a, there was a whole campaign in, in an attempt to silence Kirk, which I think is, you know, Mike, you could attest to that. That's pretty well known.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: Does that yeah. bother you
1: Jared as a guy that covers the team that they tried to silence someone that was, I mean, more or less covering the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think anyone is sort of well within their right to ask questions, like especially if there's no concrete proof there's – you're well within your right to ask the questions. Um, You know, there's – but you've had other players like kind of like come out and say whatever, and I think it's sort of just – if you're the Red Sox who are very PR PR conscious, uh, you don't want – I mean, they're probably just like Guys just talk sports. You're a sports radio station. Talk sports. I don't I think that they kind of just they fear losing sponsors. Like if you start like, you know, racism in America, not just Boston is a hot button topic. Sure. People get very passionate about their arguments and their stances. And um, I think if you're the Red Sox, that's W.E.I. is the station that carries their their broadcast. And I think that they're you know, they're they don't want to delve into a realm where they could lose money. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Is the conversation worth having? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. are you going to want to be like, you know, have sponsors call you up and be like, Hey, uh, you know, you're the, this is the official station of the Boston Red Sox. And they're talking about what on there? Like I can see it from both sides where Kirk has every right to ask questions and be like, where's, where's the proof? Like, what, like, like, let. do we have any video of this? Do we have any, was any, were there any witnesses that can attest to this? But if you're the Red Sox, yeah, you want to be a little they're a little gun shy. They're going to be like, "Hey, you know, we're not trying to get into an area where we could potentially lose sponsors because of what's said on airwaves that we directly associate ourselves with."
1: But is it better if the morning show is number 1 and maybe says some controversial stuff that they don't they don't like or if they play it safe but they lose 60% of their audience because Kirk isn't there anymore? You know how I mean? the, Red Sox, the
0: Red Sox don't benefit from the morning show. like the, No, no the but it's kind of just, it's not, it
1: kind of just factors into who's listening to Red Sox games, who's listening to WEI in general.
0: I think it's different, because like I'll, I'll listen to Red Sox games on the radio, but I don't really listen to sports radio anymore. I think if you're going to seek out the Boston Red Sox on radio, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a sports radio listener. You could be listening to Sports Hub all day and then flip on the Red Sox on WEI just because WEI carries the games. So I, I don't think that there's like the morning show isn't promoting if anything like i've i've heard them like make fun of the broadcast which is funny like i'm not i'm not saying like hey you don't don't because it's of from the, the stone broadcast. ages yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 like they'll like broadcasting baseball on radio isn't the most enthralling listen in the world um so yeah like it's funny, like like the whole sporty mckenzie thing we were talking about that on cck the other day because uh, kevin was like what's what's kirk all about and You know, is he is he going to come here? And like because we were talking about how the people who aren't familiar with Kirk were like, oh, great, another Boston radio guy because we don't have enough Boston radio guys. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like Kirk is not a sports guy, but he does have this little bit that he does that's fucking hilarious when he mocks people that seriously cover sports. So like that's does my that does that,
2: that hurt your feelings because he's kind of mocking somebody like like the the stuff that you guys do is that does it hurt sure do you? Feel about you
0: this? think that we seriously cover sports? I like I have half the fucking <laughs> yeah, that but you don't you do calls.
2: it in jest though. I mean I understand there's a sarcastic tone to what you guys do. Everything still, that we
0: do is sarcastic. Nothing that we do is. But super- you
2: still aren't genuinely invested in the team though. Like you of still course. take it. He's making fun of people that that take it so seriously, which I think you would admit that you take it seriously. Clearly.
0: Not in the same way that a journalist would or a broadcaster. We could not be more polar opposites. We're going to the games and we're videoing ourselves telling each other to fuck ourselves, and you know, we're doing things that the people that Kirk is making fun of are just not doing.
1: So you said you said the uh, Red Sox were kind of being PR conscious in that sense, which I, I get, I guess, but isn't they so, always are, you, right? Of course. But do you think that, is there an aspect of that that bothers you? Where okay, I get being PR conscious, but there's a difference between that. And John Henry saying, I'm haunted at night by the name Yawkey Way. Uh, Yawkey Way. Yeah. I toss and turn because of the, the, the street name that we play on. Like, doesn't that seem a little dramatic?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think it definitely opens up a can of worms because, you know, you get rid of Yawkey Way and you, you make a Jersey Street. And now it's like, OK, well, let's let's dig into the history of every monument right. that's been erected in Boston and every bridge that's been named and every street that's been named. It's just, you know, but the Red Sox uh they had to go to the city to, to rename the street. So yeah, it definitely opens up a can of worms. But uh that was that was like a year ago now and I, I don't think anyone else has really taken action. I think everyone else is just gonna be like, oh shit, I hope this blows over and, and we don't get forced to rename libraries of colleges and statues and shit. Um yeah, I mean it, it's obviously a PR move. Um but yeah that's that's just kinda that's that's kind of how this ownership group has been. They, they care a lot about their image which I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that they care so much about their image, but there, there have been times where it's been overdone. Um, you know, there's been, there's been years where it's like, oh, the Red Sox sorry, like 2012, they, uh, they were the shittiest team that I've ever had to sit a whole season through. And it's like, you said right, you were going to
2: join the Marines, right? You were going to be thinking about
0: leaving. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, 2012 was like the first season that I, I wrote about the Red Sox and got paid to do it. Mm-hmm. And it was a miserable experience. And I was like, "This, if this is what it's like, then I'm fucking out of here. And I, I didn't have a degree at that point. I didn't graduate college until 2014. So I was like, I don't have a degree. This has been – I put all my eggs in this one basket. And I don't think I even want to do this anymore. But I still want to do something where it's like my parents won't be ashamed that I'm doing it. So I was like, I'm just going to fucking go into the Marines. Because one of my mentors at the time was – Uh, a Marine and and he was kind of talking to me about it and talking about the different options. So I was like, maybe I'll go this route. But, uh, yeah, the 2012 team, it was like, they were so bad that they brought back the 2004 team for a random eight year anniversary celebration. So like, there's times like that where they're like, you know, they, they, it's, it's almost like sometimes they can insult the fans intelligence, um, by doing stuff like that. And it becomes circusy. Um, but yeah, I mean, but they also like it's hard to argue with an organization that's brought you four championships when you didn't have one for eighty six years.
1: So, do you like yes. Red Sox ownership overall?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's like there's there's guys, there's times when it's like no one ever has a hundred percent approval rating. You know what I mean? Like there there's there's going to be times when you're like, what the fuck are you doing, or what what was the thought process behind this decision? But it's it's hard to argue. Uh, with an ownership group that came in and like uh, depending on how you feel if you go back to like the the late 90s a lot of people were like fucking tear down Fenway this place is a dump like yeah. get us a new stadium like we'll get us a get us a stadium where we can actually fit in the seats and maybe they maybe the seats in the new ballpark will actually face the the game action instead of the bullpens <laughs> um, and then they came in and you know they they turned Fenway Park into what it is now and you know you may not love all the accommodations at Fenway, but it's a billion times better than what it was before they got here. Uh, And then there's also the fucking four world series titles and the payroll, which is, you know, they may have some shit teams along the way, but you can't say that they didn't at least try to put together a team that was worthy of of postseason contention.
2: I, I think so. I think what Mike is saying is that he's kind of he's trying to separate the idea of the players and the team with the ownership right. group, like an ownership group that is basically essentially buying into the narrative that Boston is the most racist city in the country by. Basically buying into the Adam Jones incident, discrediting dissenting opinions like Kirk, all the while where you've got Henry that owns the Globe, and the Globe has been a hotbed of sexual harassment over the years. They yeah. employ pukes and vomits like 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 Shaughnessy on there, uh, which I'm, I I want to get your opinion on Shaughnessy at some point. Also, you've got Warner, who – Warner is a guy that has made his, his bones off of Cosby and Roseanne. So they act – they want to come off with this clean image that they are somehow holier than thou and look down their noses at the people of Boston, the fans – if I'm as a, as a as someone from Boston, I'm offended by the fact that they that they're buying into this myth that Boston is the most racist. This isn't fucking Alabama. Like we're not. This isn't the fucking South. Like we're not more racist than any other city. Like there, sure, you could talk about segregation, maybe because there. I think that is that's more of a discussion where you can talk about where, the demographics of where people are. Sorry, just fucking knocked my mic over. But I don't think that it's a discussion that is worth having when it comes into. Uh, boston being the most i think that that's offensive as, a, as someone from boston
0: yeah no i mean it's it's obviously you want to have uh I'm, I'm more looking at it from the red sox side where how would it come off if they were like let's investigate this because now you're sort of saying adam jones is a liar and they could just say nothing
2: about it though but the but the Cubs investigated the fucking uh, circle game thing, and yeah. and and they they said that they were not they you know they weren't able to come with any concrete conclusions. But that's another example of I think just being pandering. Yeah, they I don't have to go over the about, top and apologizing
1: for the city of Boston.
2: Being yeah, being image conscious. Like clearly, like the guy was sh- in Chicago specifically. Like if they found stuff in his history that was indicative of him being a racist, then fuck him. Like fuck that guy, ban him for life. But just because he made. You know, just because he's dicking around and doing the peace signs and flipping people off, that now we're going to come up with assumptions. The same thing with the Adam Jones thing, where you have people like like Marcus Smart, for instance, or Jesse Smollett, where you have instances of those of 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 hate crimes or supposed hate crimes that turn out to be false. Investigations are warranted. It's not it's not an affront to Jesse Smollett that the Chicago PD investigated it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah. I don't think the Red Sox investigating it would be a bad thing. No.
0: Yeah, but I think that there was. I think that they did kind of look into it. I I don't think that they just took him at his word. I'm sure that there were people like asking around, but what like again, yeah, I, I, it would have been it would have been an easier pill to swallow if there was some sort of video and or some sort of fan to come forward and be like, "Yeah, I was sitting next to this guy here, is what he said," or whatever, security, whoever. Um but I just think that it's. a But you're at the
2: games, project. Jared. You're, you go to the games. Have you heard somebody say the n-word to a player? Have or you? yell
0: any racial shit at people?
2: No, I've never heard it. No. Yeah, same. Same here. I haven't, Mike. I don't know we if you have, no, but never. you know, I, I haven't experienced that. Now, if I if I did, the first thing I would do is say, "Cut that shit out," or I'd videotape it or report it to security. Or at That's least I tweeted
1: or there, there was no mentions of it at all happening. You know what? And, then, seems and then the
2: next night at Fenway. The next night at Fenway, what did they do? There was a, there was another incident of it where it was fake. It turned out to be untrue. Where somebody claimed that they heard something. There was a story of a, of a father and son who turned out to be a writer, and he fabricated the whole thing. That was the second night. So you know, I think that when we ask those questions, somebody like Kirk specifically, the fact that he loses his show over it because you have activists that don't like that that work behind the scenes, that's that to me is a step too far.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, it's uh, I don't think that that was the one incident that. Cost Kirk. I mean, obviously. Well, he
2: called them pandering vomits. He said that they're a group of pandering vomits and they're gutless cowards. And it was you know, a culmination
1: what... of things, but they contributed. And don't forget, the Globe had a lot to do with it, which is owned by John. Henry. Oh,
2: again, the same ownership. So we talk about a media conglomerate. I mean, I'm not talking about the team. Like I, we can. I mean, Mike doesn't like the team because clearly he's a Yankees <laughs> fan. Yankees. So he's a, he's also that makes him a pussy, right? Because you said <laughs> Yankees fans are pussies. Yeah. But well, when we I separate am, the the, no, the, no, no. the ownership, I said that
0: they're pussies when they come up. If they're if they're talking shit and then you want to like come up and be nice, that's kind of a pussy move,
2: okay. I see. But the ownership group, specifically, when we talk about the ownership group, I think if we look at their their history of kind of playing to the mob and pandering down and looking down their noses at Red Sox fans, I think that we have I think that somebody like Kirk asking the question, he's absolutely warranted
0: in doing that. sure. yeah, no, I agree. like you you're you're well within your right to ask the questions, but I also don't think that it was just that one incident that forced Kirk out the door. And I think that you would. So what
2: else was it, though? What else was it?
0: I don't pay close enough attention to know. Like, I just know that he was obviously rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. But that's that's the beauty of Kirk is that he's not going to fall in line and he's not going to he's not going to fit what you think he should be which is why I think he's going to be great on Sirius because there's no restrictions for him. It's just You go. think he's going to Sirius? You think he's going to go to is Sirius? Is he doing a
1: daily podcast? No, he's
0: doing, he's doing a daily podcast, yeah. but it's like you don't hire Kirk Minahan to not do radio. I think he'll eventually get the itch. Like once he starts doing the daily podcast, and it might not be for another year because Dave keeps talking about a Boston office, and you know that if he opens up a Boston office, it will have... A fully functioning serious radio studio in there. You think you think Kirk's going to work in an office where the, there's a radio station, and he's just going to not want to partake in any of that? Yeah. Will, I, will I you move ask, back?
2: Yeah. Will you move back if that happens?
0: Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Do you uh,
2: still? I, we we
1: talked when you first went out there, and you were kind of hating New York. Is that mm. still the case, or have you gotten used to it a, a little bit? It
2: is. A, it is a shithole, though.
1: what happened? Are we still broadcasting? Am I an asshole? Hello, folks. a little bit of both games, then. Oh, okay. Can you oh, guys hear me asshole.
2: again?
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Are we good now, Jimmy? Yeah. All right. Sorry, you lost me did you, did
2: you guys lose your fucking internet? Jeez, man. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, did you answer my question for the last five
0: minutes? Yes.
1: All right. Well, we'll just move on. Then I won't have it recorded <laughs> twice.
0: <laughs> well, oh, thanks for that insight, right. Jared.
1: Uh, what, what's the likelihood? <laughs> and if, if you didn't already answer this in the last 30 seconds, what's the likelihood of a barstool office happening?
0: I mean, it's definitely going to happen. It's just a matter of when. It's It's basically when Dave wants it. Yeah. You know, I think um, I've talked to him about it and, you know, the possibility of, you know, going back a little bit early to just start it up so that it's there when he's ready. But I think what it comes down to is that that, that office is going to be built and fully functional the second that Dave wants it to be. Um, and then the second that it's ready to go, I, I would imagine that that's when I'm going to go. Like, I, I'll, I'll tap out of New York immediately.
2: Who won't you miss at Barstool New York when you leave? <laughs>
0: um, come on, you got to answer the question. I mean, it's—is it Willie? Is it Willie Colonoscopy? I love Willie. Like you I, do? you just yeah, made a thousand dollar bet with him, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm donating because I feel bad. I feel bad for him because uh, he doesn't make a lot of money. No, he doesn't. So I think. <laughs> oh yeah, I think. Uh, well, Kirk's th- gonna come in
2: and blow up that show. You realize that Barstool Breakfast is gone. I think within a year, it's gone.
0: I think Barstool Breakfast is. I mean, I don't know what the number, like serious doesn't tell us the numbers. So I mean, we kind of just go based on like they'll give us feedback and say, this show's doing great or we like what you're doing here, but we never really know numbers. Um, but yeah, I want Kirk to to shake things up. I, I, I love the dynamic of Kirk creating more of that like drama so that I, I don't like when people feel safe, you know what I mean, I, I don't like when people get complacent. So if Kirk comes in, and like like i said you know he's gonna do his daily podcast if he starts to see a studio that that he has access to he's gonna get the itch if i know kirk he's gonna get the itch and i would love to see what he does with the daily show also in the barstool mix because i think you know there's some people that can mix it up and i think that the breakfast crew are definitely one of them but then there's definitely some people that are gonna not know how to handle kirk and uh
2: I don't know. Did you hear Kirk's appearance with those breakfast guys, though? Uh, talk about awkward radio, man. There's, there's I, I, not I great heard. chemistry there. No, there was not great chemistry, I gotta tell you. Willie yeah. didn't... Kirk, Kirk's, Kirk, I think, tweeted out that he's not gonna get along with Willie because he seemed <laughs> like there was some tension right there immediately uh, from, from, the, from the jump. Um,
1: well, you did a beautiful dude. job pivoting, but who won't you miss at Barstool when you come back yes, to Barstool? Yeah, there's <laughs> nobody. Jesus, we
2: got a fucking professional
0: There's here. gotta wow. be someone that
1: annoys shit. the shit out of
0: you. Nate is,
2: Nate, is
1: Nate not the most annoying fuck in that office? Come on.
0: I mean, Nate's desk is next to mine. There's, I, like, I, I swear to God, there's what about, no uh, shit. There's, I love Ellie. Like, there's no one in this office that I'm gonna be like, fuck them. Like, I can't wait to never see them again. Like, uh, that. What about person, Dave? What about Dave? I love <laughs> Dave. Like, Dave. Like, it depends on who you are. Like, your relationship with Dave really depends on who you are. And I've had a great relationship with Dave for like fucking nine years. So I don't really. There's no one there that I'm like. Can't wait to just fucking never see that person again.
1: Uh, I want to move on to some other shit, but I have one more thing about the Red Sox because I just yep. want to close that up. Um, outside of like the race stuff and all that, does it not bother you as like a fan of the team that they, they buy Nessun, they buy the Globe to obviously create this propaganda machine? And that's one thing mm-hmm. I have a problem with. But also, just the content that comes out of there is such shit. There hasn't been anything entertaining on Nessun other than sporting events in the last... Fifteen years. The Globe is just, uh, I guess, a function to go after Robert Kraft for paying for a blowjob.
0: Like, does that not bother you? The the
1: content they put out with the things they buy.
0: No, I don't really give a fuck. I not really don't, because I mean, like, Nesson nessen makes all their money off the Red Sox broadcast and the Bruins broadcast. So, like, everyone else, like, all the programming on there is just like they pay Nesson to be on it. Like, they film their own shit and then they, then they buy the airspace. So it's like it's not like. It's not even like Nesson programming. It's just people kind yeah. of whip something together. But that makes me feel almost running. like they
1: don't give a fuck about their fans, and they're like, "Well, we make enough money off the the broadcast, so who gives or a fuck about?" Anything who's else?
0: really watching Nesson expecting like hard hitting or entertaining? Well, no shit. one because
1: it's never been good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's yeah. They, there you go.
0: Yeah, but that's why you know when I was in Boston and it was a matter of like doing TV and radio, like you go to NBC, which was formerly Comcast, because yeah. you can actually have an opinion there. Like I, yeah. I would have never. I was never approached by them, but I would have never gone to Nesson because it is like propaganda. Like You're, you're going to be asked questions and you're going to answer them a certain way. And the, like, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, some of the stuff that I was doing with Lou on the baseball show, when we're just like shitting on like Pablo Sandoval and Clay Buckholtz, like you think that that would ever fly on Nesson? Never. So it's like, if that, way. no one, no one tunes into Nesson for the original programming and that's okay because there's good stuff on NBC and, um, if that's not for you, then like there's podcasts, like there's plenty of different ways to entertain yourself if you're a sports fan. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've ever in my life watched Nesson for anything other than Bruins or Red Sox broadcasts.
2: So, so you're not going to admit to Mike that John Henry is a pandering vomit.
0: <laughs> I mean, like the, the whole, they, they do pander. Of course. <laughs> yeah. They do. It's like, it's a, it's like yes. the Red Sox pander okay, because care. that it's, it's a, like they've, but here's the thing. I don't mind that. The guy, like some people take it. Oh, you're you're a pandering fool and this and that it's like, all right, well, don't you want to create an environment where like you're trying the diehards are going to go to the games. They're going to watch the games no matter what. But you create this environment where you bring in the casuals and then you have it's a now Fenway Park is a tourist attraction. People that don't even like the Red Sox are going there. Like you go back and watch those games in the 90s. No one's fucking there. So it's like, you know, you bring in these people, and you may not want to sit next them at a baseball game, but I'll take your fucking money because guess whose pocket that's going in? Chris Sales, David Price, Xander Bogars. Buy the fucking shirts. Watch the fucking game. Sit in my ballpark. I don't give a fuck.
1: Well, they lost okay. this guy, and that's all that that's should right. matter to them. That's right. Yeah.
0: That's
2: Did you like uh, – Giambi was pretty good last night, right, Mike? <laughs> good, thing, good, thing, good thing Rivera came in and saved their
1: asses. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big uh, Tino you. Martinez fan. And, Is uh, that right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> You don't. You know I don't. I, I, tell me one one player on that Yankees team. I, I, I challenge you. Yeah, come
1: on. I can uh CC Sabathia, Tanaka, uh, Severino, Paxton, Hap. I think I just named their starting five.
2: There you uh, go.
1: I can name. I, I mean, I can name Yankees all day, baby.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, Carabas. Uh, uh, David Price is Karibis. your fault. <laughs> I know, but it's. I know that. I know that. I know. But David Price is your fault, right? It's my fault? Well, I mean, you he's brought it now. <laughs> But you brought him here. According to the internet, the internet says that you are responsible for David Price. I saw that
0: as a Forbes article. I did see that.
2: Yes. So is that true? Can you confirm or deny?
0: Uh, I would say that it was probably the $217 million that that brought him to Boston. I can't say. Did you not
2: sweeten the deal? You do a little lotion on the back sort of deal?
0: Yeah, a little
2: bit. Like uh, what's his name with James Harrison? (laughs) That's right. Exactly. So I have Chris Price and James Harrison applying the lotion. I think that,
0: you know, is that going on? Yeah, he uh, whenever he needs it, whenever he needs it. Yeah, I think it's weird because you know, I was uh, I had a really good relationship with David before he came to Boston, and then he got here, and obviously the media is is what it is, you know what it is. Um, and I think he kind of closed up a little bit. Like when 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 he signed with the Red Sox, I was like, holy shit! Like we're gonna do videos together, we're gonna do podcasts together. Like this is gonna be a content machine. I've done nothing with him. Like, yeah, I've done I've done nothing. Like I've literally done nothing. So. Um, you know, I got, I think that first year I got a ton of flack for being like, oh, you're a David Price ball washer. But when there was the Eckersley incident, I didn't have his side. I wrote like a whole fucking blog about that and, and did, didn't even have his side even a little bit. Um,
2: you shook his hand, right? Is it true that he has very cold hands and cold feet?
0: <laughs> Who?
2: Price? Dave, yeah. Price is saying he's that bullshit excuse about cold hands. His hands cold, get
0: cold sometimes. The oh, circulation. Uh, yeah. Yeah, We call him David Tinglefinger. <laughs> <laughs> David Tinglefinger. <laughs> yeah i he's, love it uh, i love it he's uh but like you know it's, but he, uh, he's a guy that is he, i is
2: think... he a dink in in because obviously to the media he's, he's he just doesn't like the media he said you know i hold the trump cards now you know i hold the cards now behind closed doors is he a good guy i'll be clearly yeah. you're friends with him so he seems like he's a good guy behind closed doors i or can't
0: no. even i can't even really say that i can't even really say like friend. it's not like the relationship's bad but i mean it's not like we're talking we don't talk regularly anymore um But obviously, I still support him. I think he's fucking great. I mean, I just tweeted this statistic that, uh, like last summer that that July start at Yankee Stadium where he gave up eight earned runs. He's got the fifth best ERA in the majors since then. So, and then that, and then it's like a two eight eight including the postseason. So I'm happy for him. Uh, you know, knowing his story, knowing what you know the type of shit that he's had to put up with on like a human level, um. It's exciting to see him succeed in Boston because I, I know like the, it's very re- I know the media market it's very reactionary it's very knee jerk and um, I don't know who wrote it maybe Tomasi wrote something being like we're stuck with this guy blah 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 yeah. and uh, like w- whether or not it was Maz saying something like you know uh, we got to cut they hope that he opts out and this and that it's like dude at the end of the day he's a fucking great pitcher you know whether or not he likes it here he likes his teammates he likes his manager. Um, he likes pitching at Fenway Park. I think he's a guy that uh, invites the challenge. He may obviously have his his issues with the media, um, but that's kind of like a that's like a personality trait where like guys just don't want to be hammered. Like, like I can be the same way sometimes. Where you know we do these videos where you know we're in Yankee Stadium or wherever, and yeah. it's like I'm used to it now. But when we first started doing them. And it's like, you know, I love the Red Sox. I want them to win. And because I'm a fan, you want them to win. But then you also realize, like, there's money involved here. The fucking Red Sox, uh, the Red Sox do well. It's like your career does well. And there's, there's money at stake here. But, like, something goes horribly wrong in a game. You get a camera in your face. Like, I don't like that. No one likes that. Yeah, but so, you're, aren't you
2: signing up for that when you get 275 million, you know? And he comes in, he wants everyone to know that his dog's name is Astrid or whatever yeah. the fuck his dog's name is, you know? Astro. Like, the yeah, see, of course you would Astrid. know, right? Yeah, he knows. <laughs> he knows. But what I'm like, he comes in, he wants the media to kiss his ass. They don't because Boston media is tough. I don't and he think gets mad he
0: wants that. It. I don't think he wants, I don't think he cares now. I think, you know, everyone wants to be liked on some level. And I think he came in here. Uh, and, and then the first obstacle that he faced was the whole David Ortiz thing. Everyone forgets about that. He fucking drilled David Ortiz in the ass, and, like, they had a big spat. And, um, you know, I think it was a big weight lifted off his shoulder when he came in spring training, and, and Ortiz showed up after he was already there because pitchers and catchers reported first. And, you know, Ortiz comes up to him and daps him up, and, like, you could just see he was relieved by that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the whole David Price thing is this was a guy <coughs> who came in with a reputation already of not liking the media and it's a billion times worse here than it obviously was in Tampa, than it was in Toronto. I mean, in Toronto, they're just happy that anyone gives a shit about baseball and in Detroit, um, you know, he was in a mix where it was like Scherzer and Verlander. I mean, like he wasn't the guy he came here in 2016 after back to back last place finishes. And it's like, all right, get us back to not being in fucking last place, get us back to the postseason, And I don't think he's ever been asked to do that before um in a, in a in a market where the fans actually give a shit so that is that was a unique experience for him and it might have taken a little bit but i think he answered the bell and and he doesn't have to put on a smiley face for the fans or for the media just go out it's the same thing as john lackey you know he didn't even he didn't give a fuck about the media and he certainly <laughs> didn't care about the fans but that team that team like rallied around each other and it's, it's the same thing. Like I'll do this for, for my teammates. I'm not doing it for you. I'm not doing it for fucking Pete Abraham and I'm not doing it for the asshole that was just telling me that I suck during my bullpen.
1: So there's a couple things I want to get to before uh, we let you get out of here. So I want to make sure we get to them. And uh, the first thing is what were your dealings like with uh, Joe Zambrano? I think it was about a year <laughs> ago when Zambrano yeah, tried to fuck. poach you, that rat fuck tried That's to steal right. you from barstool. Uh, yeah. What were your dealings like with him? Cause I've had a, not so
2: great experience with him. So I'm curious. He got him fired. Is that yeah, it, basically. In case you yeah, he got he got Mike fired.
0: Yeah, I mean like obviously it's it's flattering any time that someone wants to pay you to to do what you do. So So I he mean, reached
2: like, out. You're saying he reached out. You weren't you weren't having wandering eyes.
0: No, no, no. I mean like I, I love Barstool. I'll 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 die at Barstool. I said I've said this before that the only way that I'll ever leave Barstool is if Dave leaves and starts up something else and wants me to come with him. Um but, you know, you, you, anyone, like anybody, you want to know your worth. And I was kind of just in a position that, I've, I mean, this was so the, without naming the other companies, this was the third time since I've been at Barstool where I've been approached by someone who was like, Hey, we'd like to hire you away from Sports Barstool. Hub.
2: Yeah. NBC Sports Boston <laughs>
0: clearly, Sports <Hub. laughs> and the Sports Hub. So we will name them for you, but <laughs> I, I won't, I won't name names, <laughs> okay. uh, but, uh, it was, you know, like the the previous two times, I didn't even, I didn't take a meeting. And I didn't take a meeting with, with Joe either. Um, but you do kind of get curious, like, what what am I worth? Like, I don't know. It's like I've never been in this situation before where, you know, before it was, it was earlier on. So, um, uh, but I was just like, you know, I, I believe in what we're doing here at Barstool. I, I want to see this through and I, I'm excited about what we're doing here. And I have I have no desire to leave, so it's like a, thank you, appreciate it, flattered, sincerely. But so
2: you're saying that that Dave blew up on this too much because it sounds like from you, what you're telling me, it sounds like this was no big deal, and then Dave goes nuclear.
0: Yeah, I mean, but Dave Dave is going to do that for anybody. Like Dave Dave doesn't like when anyone tries to get like his guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, weren't was, you under contract at the time
2: too? So wasn't that uh, he wasn't happy about that, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, like that definitely. Any like Dave, it doesn't take much for Dave to snap. Um, but yeah, I think I, like Dave, Dave. I guess had a right to be mad. It was just. Uh, did you apologize? I had nothing to be sorry for. No, I mean, you I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do it. I didn't. I not I, I myself did not do anything. I kind of just existed in my you world. You
2: picked up the phone, but when when the rat comes calling, you don't
0: pick up the phone. That's did that's Joey the,
1: offer the, you one of his patented massages that he gives the, <laughs> the athletes that are
2: on Wei?
0: I, did, I didn't know that that was a thing.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, let oh, yeah. me ask you uh, what David Price's jock smells like because I think <laughs> that he'd be very interested in, in that because he loves athletes. He does not like Mike because Mike was loyal to, according to Joey, Mike people, was loyal he to. The wrong
0: said. Yeah. That's right. Which I believe loyal to the be wrong. Kirk and Portnoy. Yeah, that, that was one of the things that, why I was bitter towards EEI in the first place, was because this was what? Christmas Eve 2015? Uh, Price had just signed with the Red Sox like three weeks before that. Um, and I was filling in. It was like me, Pete Blackburn, and maybe Steve Buckley and like DJ Bean. What a show. We were Yeah, we were filling in for uh, who was on. It was uh, Dale and Holly. It was Dale and Holly. We were filling in for them on Christmas Eve. And I got WEI their first interview with David Price. Like I, I got him on. And like that, that's what sucks is that my only interview oh, that I've they ever done you. with him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. It
0: was for EI, but like, yeah. that was me trying to be like, Hey, you know, like if, it, cause when I was still in Boston, like I was, I did sports hub, uh, I did like two hours a week. I did yeah. one hour with Zolak and Bertrand and then I did one hour with Maz doing the baseball reporters. Um, but I was kind of trying to flex on him. I was like, Hey, like I, you know, I got you David Price. It was his first interview that he's done anywhere and you know, for, on radio for either station. Uh, And then I never heard anything back. Like we did, like that four-hour show on Christmas Eve. Never heard anything back, and nothing about the price interview. They put it on the website, and I was just like, "Oh, okay." That's how they
1: are, though. And it's not even your fault. It's just that they're completely lazy and don't see what they have in front of them.
0: Um, Yeah. So, but like that—that's just like kind of always stuck with me. And then you know, I I ended up going over to the Sports Hub. Like it it was like a really, like that's why I'll always be grateful for the guys at the Sports Hub because it was like Jimmy Stewart, Zoe. Bertrand, um, Maz, Felger, like all those guys, were like, "We want to bring this guy on," and then they made it happen. So, and like, I'm not like a, I'm not, I'm not a guy that's gonna run for the money. Like, I want the opportunity. Dave has always given me the opportunity to do whatever I want. I'll be with Dave forever, for as long as he wants me. I'll be with Dave because he's a guy that's. Like, giving me respect and giving me the opportunity to do what I do. And then, like, the sports hub, like, those guys were like, hey, we believe in this guy. We want him. And then I just kind of ran with it over there. And it's like, you know, when when they come back afterwards, and you can offer more money, but that, that, that doesn't really mean a lot to me. You know, it's like, do you believe in what I'm doing? Yes? Okay, then prove it. And it didn't really... Like, I didn't get that after, you know, going on EEI in 2015 or whatever it was. I was like, okay, all right, whatever. And then it just ended up working out with the sports hub, and I was I was super happy there. Now I kind of don't really – I don't really do radio in Boston anymore now that I'm <clears throat> in New York. But, uh, you know, I think it will be different. Like, if there were ever a Boston office and we went back, I don't I know doing... how much I yeah. – But I don't know how much I'd be able to do because that was before – Yeah,
2: like, you just signed a contract, right, in uh, March – yeah. New contract? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I mean, yeah. like, I, I can still do, like, spots here and there. Like, I called in. I did a – I think I did the baseball reporters last week, like, over the phone. Like, I'm yeah. still going to do my stuff through Sports Hub. Um, but, yeah, like, as far as going in the studio and doing an hour, like I did with Zolak and Bertrand before, it's like, you know, are we still going to be able to do that if we're located in Boston? Probably not because we have Sirius. Like, you have your own radio show now. Yeah. Um. So, I,
1: the la- last question before we do our final segment, because I know you have to get out of here. But – um. I heard that your role at E.I. when Zambrano was trying to poach you would have been third man on Dale and Keith. Was that oh, true god. or was that not the Good. case?
2: Oh my god! Oh my god! Because you should be glad that. you didn't do it. If that's yeah, you, you dodged a bullet, my friend. like that is that is the most boor- that is as boring as you can get. Dale Arnold and Rich Keefe. Oh my god!
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you; it, n- it never got that far. Never it got, got, that, got far. that far. Yeah, it was more just like um, it was more just like we're interested. And, uh, you know, we, th- we think we can pay a type deal. And, and I was like, well, you know, I, I'm happy at Barstool. I will always be happy at Barstool. I believe in what we're doing. Um, I think we've just scratched the surface for what we can do in terms of like the shit that we do with Dallas, like the videos, the podcast, like we just did the spring training tour where, you know, we had access unlike anything that we've ever had before for like the baseball vertical. And it's like, you know, we're going to do the all-star game this year. Last year, we went to the all-star game. We didn't, we didn't do anything for, like, the podcast. We just fucking did radio for six, seven hours. Now, it's like we can just pull up the RV, like, start doing these interviews. It's like, why, if you have the freedom that Barstool gives you and that Dave gives you, why would you ever leave that? Like, no, uh, no dollar amount yeah. is ever going, like, no, no dollar amount is ever going to give me the freedom that I have um, with Barstool. And, like, Dave... Dave's like you know he's a big time loyalty guy. If you're loyal to him, he'll be loyal to you forever. And like that's that's just kind of that's kind of where I'm at.
2: All right. How, how many uh, how many hot chicks slide into your DMs that actually turn out to be guys? <laughs> can you
0: can you clear that up for oh, us, please? Uh, that was a curveball at the end of the question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh,
2: no. Come on, man. We got I listen to your podcast. I think you've talked about this in the past.
0: Yeah. I mean, like that happened a lot in the MySpace days. Not so much now.
2: Like. I, space. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Back in the day, <laughs> I got catfished all the time. Like there would be these hot girls but then like back then I was probably what 16 and 17 and I yeah. didn't even know what catfishing was. Like I didn't I was like looking for a referee being like I yeah. didn't even know you could do this. I didn't <laughs> yeah. know that this was legal. Like this like foul, yeah. sir. Uh, so <laughs> It doesn't really happen anymore, but you can kind of tell, like you can kind of tell. Like, when it's 16,
2: so. dude, you could have gone to like to catch a predator shit when you were 16. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You're, getting, 16. you're 16. Yeah. You're getting catfish at 16 by like 45 year old guys, man. Yeah. Get, they, get, could, get, they could, they could for sure go to prison. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Uh, they, should, they, they should probably. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. But, no, that doesn't really happen that much anymore. But that, that's the other thing too, is, you know, you kind of have to be careful of who you respond to you know like there's a lot of people that are reaching out and it's like all right well what's why are you reaching out like what are you trying to get out of this and you know that's why it's you're you're definitely careful about who you respond to
2: so the infamous picture of your ex-girlfriend that was not a catfish correct that she actually existed which which infamous picture the one didn't didn't, in feidelberg upload a picture by mistake of your ex or something like that it wasn't even
0: by mistake it was uh so that was that was like 2014 it was the night that price hit david ortiz yeah. And uh, I was down on the field for the pregame ceremony and she was uh, she was in the stands like by the field taking pictures of me on the field. <laughs> the Nesson cameras put her the Nesson cameras took like B roll because like they showed it in like the seventh inning, but it was footage of her from before the game. And then they showed her on the Nesson broadcast in like the sixth or seventh inning, and then people took pictures of their TVs and sent it to Barstool. Heidelberg <laughs> blogged it. And then people tweeted at Feidelberg being like, yo, that's Karabas' girlfriend. And she's
2: eye-fucking you like on the field. (laughs)
0: And and then like he ended up following me and being like, oh, he's a blogger. And then he went to Dave and was like, you know, like we should hire this guy to be our Red Sox guy. And then Dave was like, yeah, I know who he is because we had met three, four years before that. Um, And then that's how I ended up there. <laughs> okay. hey, hey Mike, wanna introduce how much Too? so we can yeah. let him get. Out I know we hey, went Mike.
1: a little long, Jared. I apologize, but you have time. This is our uh, a staple of trash talk, our last segment okay. here. It's a yeah. game called How Much Too, where we present a question and you tell us how much money it would take to get you to do these things. I think we have okay. each we each have a couple prepared. So yes, uh, we do. I'll I'll start, MHP. Go ahead. Um, so how much to tweet David Price is a two faced rat fuck. And then you, can, you have to commit to it. You can never explain why you did it.
2: No explanation. That's just it – just, it sits there
0: forever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, like <laughs> – I – hmm. Generational wealth. we talking like in the in – the like You'd 1. get in with bills. the liberals. Yeah. If, you
1: want, if you can go to a liberal baseball blog, you'd be in.
0: It would, it would have to be a lot of money because <laughs> like – Did you say Price or Portnoy? I think you meant Portnoy. to say Portnoy. Uh, I meant to say yeah.
1: Portnoy. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. yeah he uh, meant oh. Dave Portnoy. Porn- oh, is a two-faced rat fuck? Yeah, yeah. I bet you if I tweeted that for $5, he would just be like, <laughs> he wouldn't even care. I, 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 He probably wouldn't even ask me about it. Okay. How much to let the
2: Call Her Daddy girls watch and grade all of your sexual encounters throughout your entire life?
0: I'd be, I, I mean, whatever they could afford. I'm kind of interested to <laughs> in, have to say. Like, I mean, their podcast is doing really well, so they could probably, I mean, I'd, I'd at least, like, <laughs> to get uh, to recoup my Willie Cologne bet, so probably a grand. I'd do it for a grand, but I would do it. I would do it for less, but I'd would, I would start at a grand and work my way down. Dude, we're talking
2: like awkward sexual encounters when you're like, you know, like fifteen. You're like, like, like we're like everything, everything. all the weird. I don't shit. care. Like, I have
0: I have no shame though. Okay. And it's like I'm I, I'm, I'm. I would. It's like I would never. Like I'm not really cock blocking myself with them because like I like we would never. It would never happen regardless. So as long as like they watched it and they kept it in house. Like if they didn't tweet it. Then yeah. like I'd let them watch whatever they wanted and grade it.
2: Okay, right. great.
1: You like, said interviewing David Ortiz was the greatest moment of your life.
0: How no. so much? It's the oh, greatest no. interview I've ever done. Greatest no, the Greatest interview of my life was the duck boats. How much? That's, that's true. That'd be fun. To
1: write the article that exposes that David Ortiz knowingly did steroids.
0: I would do that. I, I would. There's no amount of money that <laughs> I'd ever accept. Like if someone <laughs> if someone put a check for one billion dollars in front of my face. It was like write write any sort of negative word about David Ortiz. I'd say I'm all set. Thank you, sir.
1: That is a true homer. That is a man that will never be shaken.
0: <laughs> no, never. I, uh, I I definitely because it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. And like if Kevin if Kevin were sitting here, if Kevin were sitting here, he would counter and say that's not true. Like you would do it like. Dude, come on. You would do it for a billion. You would do it. A billion
2: dollars. five hundred million,
0: A billion. Like, he would do that. He would just start rallying off numbers. But I also don't think, like, my life. If you gave me a billion dollars right now, like, yeah, I would. Like, life would change, but it wouldn't really change that much for me. Because I have a wealth.
1: That's not what I was going to say. Well, excuse me.
0: I don't have (laughs) I don't have any hobbies. And my hobby, like, I like to watch baseball. I like to, I like to, I like my job. My job is like a hobby that I get paid for. So, what would I be doing with my life differently if you gave me a billion dollars? I just wouldn't have to worry about rent and like food. I'd probably hire a chef. That would be great. Cause New York, fuck, I fucking, like, the, the food that I have to order, like, that's why I'm getting fat now. Cause I got, <laughs> when I'm in Boston, it's like, I can get fish, I can get steak, I can get chicken. Here, it's just like, oh, what do you want? Pizza? What do you want? Taco Bell? It's like, all right, great. <laughs>
2: Twenty three dollar cocktails and shit. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I there's would, no I amount of hire... money on
0: earth. Hey, do you have a? Let me ask you this, if yeah. it's not too personal, are you are you
2: seeing somebody? Do you have a significant other? Currently?
0: I keep my personal life
2: separate. Super- I know. I yeah. think I know what
1: you're going to ask. MHP. Okay. change it to uh, Eric Hubbs, the Yankees writer from Barstool.
2: Okay, perfect. How much money would it take to let Eric Hubbs have unadulterated access to your phone, <laughs> everything on your phone, yeah. for one hour? How much money? And, and he can do he can, whatever you, he can do whatever thing. he wants with for talking that your, hour. Your, your bank accounts, your DMs, your text messages, your pictures, every fucking thing on your phone, dude. Everything. <laughs> Everything he can see.
0: One hour. Uh, One hour. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm definitely not really that worried about what's on my phone. Like, I feel like. Hmm. I, yeah i would Sounds say like hard. Something think, to think hide. <laughs> yeah i mean I'm, I'm thinking about like all right like just like how weird do i get when i'm like sexting like but again then again i would probably with, with the with the 45 year old men that are catfishing right. you right yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's like the counter to that is everyone's weird when they're when they're when they're sexting so it's like it's not like we're i'd probably for one hour does it does it have to be a realistic number like he could afford it? No, no I mean no, whatever anything. whatever this you all... would
2: realistically accept. Make believe. Whatever you th- what make pretend, whatever you want.
0: Um yeah, for, for basically for, for cuz like I know I don't have any dick pics on my phone. I don't take dick pics. That's rule number 1. So that that's not getting out there. It would yep. basically just be like, "All right, who who are you texting and what are you saying? Like are you or the other thing too?" So it would have to be a high dollar amount because hubs, if he had access to my phone would probably probably scoop you.
2: Yeah. (laughs) He
0: would, he would tweet from my account saying horrible things as me, which would damage my entire career and take away my, my money forever. So I would have to like, there would be no, if he went on my Twitter account and just said a bunch of horrible things. Now I'm jobless for life. So it has to be like, all right, I'm getting paid out a wage where I can live forever off that money. So I would have to say, like, $50 million. He can have my phone and do <laughs> but it. But,
1: Jared, what would you do with $50 million?
0: <laughs> um, just not do anything, I guess. <laughs> hire a personal, he'd hire a personal chef, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> I'd hire a personal chef, but I wouldn't be able to work. So uh, it's not like I, I don't know what I would do. I'd probably get, I would probably get a lake house in Lake Winnipesaukee. And okay. just live out on the lake and and have a personal chef. You
2: really have no faith in this guy to to be responsible with your phone. Jesus. Oh no,
0: he he would for sure do some damaging destroy, shit.
2: Destroy, destroy you for life. Okay, <laughs> yeah, cool. Do we have anything else, Mike? Uh,
1: do you, I think you had one more, right? And then we can let. Jared I do get have out of here. one
2: more, then I can let you go. Right, okay, yeah. so how so how much money for that? The rest of your life, the rest of your life. Yep. Every time you come, <laughs> you have to sing the Mario theme song. So do 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 do. Every
0: right after you come, so you're sitting there. Just that so, part of the whole song.
2: Uh we could do just that part. Just that part, of, I guess. Just that part. Even, and I'm talking masturbating to first dudes, dates. So like, this is every time. Dates. Yes,
0: I do that for free. I don't. Really know. <laughs> like, if you, if you like, if that bothers you, then I'm not for you. So, <laughs> like, I, I, I'd be great outside of that. But if that's just my thing that makes me happy, and you don't want me to be that happy, then that's on you. And, and, and at the same time, when you come, you have to say Super
2: Mario. at the same time.
0: <laughs> I mean, that might like I'd, I'd accept that I'd probably never get married, but I feel like it wouldn't really it wouldn't really stop me from like one night stands, and we can we can live Perfect. off those. Yeah. I respect that. I think we ended on
1: the right question. That was a great answer. That's
0: Exactly. It. <laughs> All right, Jared, thank you for doing this, man. All right, guys, good to uh, good to talk to you. Appreciate you having me on. Once uh, once
1: Barstool brings me back, we'll talk again. And uh, hell I'll
0: yeah, see, I'll see you later, buddy. All right, be good.
1: All right, peace, man.